it's a similar process, but with a, maybe not a physical ailment, that you're still gathering the medicine from the land. Of, it's reflecting back to the soul what what the soul already you know knows in a way. So it's like when you come upon the thing, you just needed it reflected to you. And everything in you is like, yep, okay, you're right. Now I know. Now I know what I need. And that's been a profound tool for me. Yeah, I, I love that. Right before I got on this call, I went for a walk. I was feeling I needed to ground, but it's very icy outside. So the walk was a bit treacherous, but I came across... I was thinking a lot about like the state of the world. There's a lot of fear in Canada. Where are you located? Are you? I'm in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, here in Canada, we had a lot going on these past couple weeks and just in the state of the world. And so I was feeling like, wow, my brain, just a lot going on. Went for this walk and I came across these three large, almost they look sculpted pieces of ice. And my first impression of them was like those are really aesthetic those are really beautiful but I just wanted to stand by them and I was like breathing in their strength because they were standing so tall and I was like wow this it felt so good for me to breathe in that strength another one that really stood out I remember going for a walk flowers really called to me and I just remember looking at a flower and being like it knew how to bloom yeah. No one told it. No one said, oh, you got to do this today. And that it just knew it's in its DNA. And I remember sitting with this wildflower one time being like, me too. I also know how to bloom. I don't need outside counsel. I need to allow my DNA to, to do what it, it's here to do. Yes. Yes. So, so beautiful. So well put. Yeah. I love nature for that too, because I, like many people, have gotten, you know, like really caught up in feeling like I'm behind or I'm off track or I'm not doing enough or I'm not getting it. Like there's this, for me, there's a big wound of like not enough, not good enough, not fast enough, not there, quick enough, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. there's it all kind of, there's a lot around not enough for me and I know for a lot of people and nature helps so much with that you know and I can look at like you said a flower and recognize they're right on time or when I can look at trees and and the different expression of trees and there's nothing that I ever experience when I'm with trees that is like you're not straight enough you know what, you're not tall enough yet. You know, like none, that just never happens. It's like, you're beautiful. You're perfect. You're beautiful. And you're perfect. And, and like, there's no judgment there. It's like absolutely absurd, actually, when you think about it in the context of nature. But we are nature. We, We are of this earth. And there is something that our brains have, have like got grown so disconnected from that that we are actually beings of the earth like we are the land herself and so we too have everything that we need we too are right on time and there's nowhere to get and there's nothing to 
achieve or strive for. Like it's, it's, there's an innate wisdom in everything. It's interesting. Even the idea of, like I went for a walk in nature, you know, the language we use. Well, it's like I went for a walk. Like what would be a more true statement? Because I'm nature. I'm not going. Do you have a better statement for me? Not a better, but like a more true yeah. statement? Yeah, I, that's something I've really played around a lot with. And like, I don't, I haven't landed on anything. I've toyed with like, well, we're going out on the land. And I'm like, but we are the land. Well, we're going out in the land. But like the land is here. I don't know. Like it's it's really tricky with languaging. And I think that is a part of the fabric of our disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's it's the languaging that we that we use. And we think about nature as out there. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we think about nature as like a pristine place that doesn't have any man-made elements. And that would that would discredit everything that's right here. You know, like the wood of my table and of my chair, even the minerals in the computer, like everything is of this earth. Therefore, everything has a spirit and and life to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true. It's just, it's like really shifts your relationship to where you are and what you're with when you can start to see that, oh, this too, these two, and me, myself, are all a part of this ecosystem. I'm kind of relating it back to this idea of the table behind you, which is a beautiful table. You know, that piece of wood, it's fulfilling this role as a table. Yeah. And it may not always fulfill this role as a table. My partner, he's really into woodworking. And we found this old, uh, you know, the telephone desks that they had when we, when there used to be those like big telephones. And so he found one and he ended up making it into a bowl for me. So now it's just a beautiful bowl for fruit. And I thought that was amazing. But like that piece of wood has gone through this life cycle being many different things, fulfilling many different roles. I don't know why, but it's really resonating with me of, we too are that. Whether it's wood and then it becomes firewood and then it transforms in that way, but we too can transform. And I, I think that's a more organic way of looking at our purpose. I know with my business, I a couple of years in, I started, I was really fixated at first of getting like my, my true offer, the only thing I'm doing in the world. And then they create this business model around this. And it kind of got to a point, my spirit was calling me forward in so many different ways to do these different things, to shift path. And I kind of just got to this point of like, my business is alive. Mm. It is alive. It has a conscience. It's doing its own thing. And I get to flow with it and I get to support it. But if I try to box it in, that's just not how nature's going to work. So yeah, I love that. How do you work with people around nature? Do you take them on walks? Like, what is your role to facilitate? Yeah, oftentimes, well, at this point, 
I'd say about half of my clients are in person and half are online. So they, it can look really different. Um, but when we're in person, we do, we meet on a trail and I live in Boulder, Colorado, where there's like so many trails that there's so much access to open land here. And so that's one real huge benefit of living where I do, but yeah, we usually meet on a trail or an open space somewhere. And I like to always start our sessions by like really coming into more of a sacred space, acknowledging the land, acknowledging the people, the indigenous people of the land, acknowledging um, like that we're stepping, that we're in relationship, you know, and, and, saying some gratitudes and offering like inviting the land to come in, be with us, be in relationship with us, you know? And then, so we start out with that kind of set setting so that there's an invitation there to already be looking to see how is the world interacting with us and what does it have to teach me or show me about what's going on for me? And so sometimes that looks like, you know, finding a quiet space and like letting the the lake or the river hold our tears. Um, sometimes that looks like walking really fast because it got a lot of energy to move and I'm like really pissed about this thing or I'm really excited about this thing. You know, sometimes it looks like we I work with people with what's called parts work, which is all about like we're all made up of a multitude of different parts. And oftentimes when we get stuck, in life, when we really take a look inside, it's because there are a couple of parts that are internally facing off, you know, and having a conflict. And a part of me wants to move forward towards this vision. And another part of me is terrified and thinks that's a horrible idea, you know? And so I do a lot of work to make that conscious and bring the parts out so that we can actually like resolve conflict and tend to their needs and get everyone aligned behind a common vision, you know, and something that like all the parts are actually going to move towards. We do that by projecting the parts onto the landscape and it can be, it can be really profound. So when I work with people online, I, I try to bring these elements in as much as I can through visualizations and metaphor and, you know, what's your internal landscape like today? Or what's the weather happening in there? Really just trying to come in contact with what matters most to the person in front of me and what their deep, true self is needing and wanting and longing for. I love that. I, 2021, was a big year in terms of nervous system support for me and I just felt called I wanted to go to the water so my partner and I we booked little cabins for a month by the ocean and then a month by the lake or two months by the lake and I thought it was beautiful the difference I got from the ocean's energy compared to what I got from a lake's energy yeah the lake too it was we were there in the summer into fall and watching all of the trees around the lake die, you know, change color. They, they put on this show and then they, they died. And I took a lot of wisdom from that. But is there any 
examples of your own path, your own journey, where nature really spoke to you or course corrected you. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, what comes to mind, I mean, what initially came to mind is like, I actually think uh, that like our traumatic experiences are also nature. Like I think of that as nature. I think, mm-hmm. oh yeah, look, look what nature did. <laughs> it's like a storm swooping through. So look what nature did. The other thing that that came to mind secondarily was like I do for the past four years I've gone on a vision quest with with the community that I do sweat lodge with, you know, and so we do a traditional what's called humblecha where we go into the woods um, up on a hill and we fast for four days and four nights and pray for vision. And the first year that I did that, my prayer has always been like wanting to be more in contact with my ancestors. And so my prayer was like for that relationship to, to be there. And prior to that, I had no contact with my ancestors. And even when I was young, you know, I, I didn't know my grandparents. I only knew one grandparent, my grandmother, and she died when I was young. And so there's, I think this like, aside from the fact that I had that memory of being in the other world with my ancestors and coming in and like then forgetting them, and I wanted to reconnect with them, I also just had this longing for like the elder in my life, you know, like not having a lot of elders in my actual life. I'm like, I want elders. I and and I want my ancestors. I want that relationship. So that was the prayer. And what ended up happening is I found myself in a spot that I wandered to, asked the land to guide me to the place. And part of my journey has been learning to trust myself, trust my intuition. You know? And so the land guided me to this tree that I ended up sitting under. But when I was first guided to that tree, I was like, it was a clear call to the tree. And then I get to the tree and I'm like, wait, did I hear it right? Maybe I didn't hear it right. Maybe I should keep wandering. So I keep looking, going all over the place, looking for the spot that I'm going to sit in for four days. And I get guided back to that tree. And then finally I'm like, okay, I guess this is it. So I sit down and right under me, right underneath where I sit is an arrowhead. And I was just like, wow. So I took that as like a definite sign, you know, so that's where I stayed. And over the course of those four days, I started having visions when I was looking at the clouds, like the clouds were coming into shapes and images that was mind blowing to me. And what I saw was what I've come to know as my grandfather, an ancestor that's on my father's side. He was all over the sky. Every time I would close my eyes and think, okay, that's done now, you know, I'd open him back up and there he was. And at one point I saw his face and I saw him move through basically his whole life. Like, I just can't even explain it. It was like, I watched him from grow from a young boy to an old man. And at some point he then held an arrowhead in his hand. And I knew this is my ancestor, an answer to that prayer. And he's been my greatest ally 
ever since. I feel like I'm a little emotional because it's so, so precious to me, you know, that our prayers are answered and that like those relationships can form. It's amazing. So I, I think of that as like, both kind of funny that I stumbled with my intuition. I'm like, please guide me here. And then I, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to really sink into trusting it. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, like there's no way that nature or my ancestor would have had it any different. Yeah. You gave me so many chills, like so many, just like pulsing through my, my skin. I, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper into ancestors, but I, I want to follow up on grandfather because I had a mirrored experience. I was going through a lot. My grandfather had passed away and I was going through a lot in my life. It was like early awakening and I ended up going on this trip to Scotland, which is where my grandfather's from, the Highlands of Scotland, and his parents. That trip was really difficult for, for many reasons, but I ended up coming back and having to face life again. And I remember just being in a very low moment and I, I can't remember the details, but it was just like, I, I said, like, spirit, like, just show me. Like, just, it, like, I am tired. And I was walking down my hallway and there was a Scottish coin in the middle of my hallway. And I, my, my brain was like, well, of course you were just in Scotland. But I remember very clearly before I got on the plane, I took all my Scottish money out of my wallet and I left it for someone. It was just a couple coins, but I felt so, it was just like the same like pulsing of, of this is real. Like, yeah, I felt like it was him saying, you're good. Like, mm-hmm. you're going, you're safe. And it was just this coin and I still have it in my little collection of important things. And it's, it's like, I couldn't make it up. Like I could, I could try to make it up and be like, of course there's a logical reason. But I felt very much like he placed it there because I had associated that trip so much with him. How would you maybe guide someone? Well, actually, first, I want to hear your perspective of why connecting with the ancestors. Like, why why is that important? Like, why? Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like I don't even feel like I have a choice. I feel like that is really what I'm – there is something about – I mean, I'm – I'm constantly still in process with like, what am I here to do? What am I here for? You know, and and always working that over. Like if I proclaim to have that all figured out, that would be a farce. Definitely don't. But I do think as far as I can understand it to date, the part of what I'm here for is ancestral healing. It's like healing some of the lines that I'm downstream from. That's as much as I can understand because it doesn't even feel like a choice. I'm like, I can't even explain the drive I have to know my ancestors. It's not like, oh, that would be cool or wouldn't that be lovely? It's like, I I have to. I need to know my ancestors. There is such a strong call for that. And I think it is because that's part of my work here is to reconnect 
you know, like really where this comes from for me is recognizing on a larger scale this disease of disconnect that so many of us experience, not all of us, but so many of us experience. And, you know, so many of us on on this continent, at least, are downstream from generations of not being on our homeland and being downstream from colonizers and being downstream from people who left their home, came and took somebody else's land. And like all of that is a part of us. It's a part of who we are. And then some of us, like myself included, have mixed ancestry where, yeah, part of us are the colonizers and part of us are the natives. And that is happening inside. Talk about like conflicting parts. Like that history is inside of me and of so many of us. And I think that is contributing to our complete disconnect from the land, from our bodies, from our knowing, from our our tending to relationships in each other. It it's like these wounds need to be addressed. And that is that's really intergenerational now. You know, like that's it goes back quite a ways now. What my ancestors have shown me is that connection to homeland is so important. It is so vital to everything about what we're what we're doing here because like our ancestors literally are the land, you know, like their bones create the hills and the mountains and the rivers. And like, that is how we literally are the land. But when we are standing upon somebody else's land and, and then furthermore, not even acknowledging that, you know, not even recognizing that we become so displaced from that which we actually are. I think our ancestors have so much to do with why we're here. You know, like their memory literally is in our DNA. It runs through our bones and our bone marrow. And they know, I, I believe, why we came. You know, I believe that they are rooting us on too. And some of them aren't well, and they might need some, some tending. But you go far enough back, and we all have well ancestors that are intact, that are still connected to place. And they're, they're I think, championing our, our highest good, our best intentions in this world. And so a little bit of a, I don't know if I like fully answered your question, but no, that's, that's all the stuff that comes up. So beautiful. You've got me thinking this imagery of like passing a torch it came it was really visceral for me my grandmother passed away different side of the family but she passed away this summer and I felt my sensitivity over the years like she's the, the first grandparent to pass away when I'm very much in my power of my sensitivity of my intuition and I felt when she passed this like passing of a torch and I felt and I told I told people closest to me but like I'm still like kind of hesitant of saying it out loud but I felt like her traits infused into me 
And I became different when she left the earth. And I've been trying to understand it a lot around, like I'm the eldest uh, daughter on that side, like woman. So I'm like, did it, was it just me? Or did this happen to all my sisters too? Like, I'm just trying to understand it, but there was a sense of like passing a torch. And then the thing you said about homeland brings up so much. My grandfather, one of the reasons the trip was really important to me is he wants to get to his homeland. So I went to his homeland, but I also feel the this, this might be our last topic, but I'm really curious. I feel more and more sensitive to the land on which I walk. And an example, well, a couple of examples, like I'm, my partner's French, I'm English. We went, there's a spot on the East Coast of Canada. It was a fortress. I want to say it was a French fortress that fell to the English during that time in history. And we went there and he had a very real response to being in that space. He couldn't, he couldn't believe what he was experiencing and he was so distressed and I'm, I might not leave this in. I'm going to ask him if this is okay, but he was so distressed that the buildings have been taken down. But before that moment of, before stepping on that land, he didn't even know that area existed like consciously, but then he went there and he just, he was like, they took down the buildings and me as English, I didn't feel that because they didn't take down my buildings. You know, I'm the one who took down those buildings. So we had a moment as like a partnership of he's French, I'm English. There's some real history here that we're playing out and we're resolving together that wasn't resolved hundreds of like a hundred, two hundred years ago. And I can only imagine how deep that goes and how our interactions in this form, like me interacting with different people who have different experiences on the shared land, how much of that comes up and comes through emotions or conflict that we may not be able to rationalize. Like we, we have understanding of history, but not the full history, right? Like we only have what we've been able to salvage. Like I think there's so much history and, I don't know, it's, it's this place that I'm going intuitively of another one is here in Montreal, where I live, there was a lot of bombings back in the 1970s. And I've been feeling, I'd be walking down the road and I like, like flinch. And like, yeah. And I didn't know, my, I was like, I think this is anxiety. Like, I'm not sure what this is. And I just recently learned about these bombings and I'm seeing pictures of where the bombs were. And I was like, you, to my partner, I'm like, you wouldn't believe it. That's where I flinch. Like, that's where I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. And like that, the only reason I can rationalize that because I saw a photo, but how much of our experiences are, we're picking up off the land and what is our role there? Like, I don't know if you feel you want to answer this or can, but I'd love yeah yeah I can totally relate to that sensitivity to the land and not having a rational understanding of why 
but feeling either really drawn or really repulsed or really freaked out or having a response to the land itself. And it does make me really wonder about the energy, like what's held there? What's the memory that's being held in this place? Because like that, I, I, I mean, I just think that's so real. Like that happens, you know, there's a different energy in a place where there was a lot of death versus a place where there's been a lot of birth, you know, you know, there's like really different energies that infuse the land. And I think we as sensitive people can really feel that. I always like to think of, you know, the earth is, is the body and just as our bodies, like just as we have bodies and just the same as like we carry traumas, we carry memories in different parts of our body. So does the earth. And the same thing. We're just this little microcosm on top of a bigger cosm. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that that is true, that that is happening. What is our role? To be totally honest, I don't know. Like when I hear about your experience with your partner, that sounds like such a beautiful opportunity to do even just a little bit of repair around something that was coming up in each of you as a result of coming into contact with that place. I know that I've had a really interesting time, like in terms of being in contact with my sweat lodge community. It's like, I do have some native blood in me, but not a lot. And most, most of me is from different parts of Europe. Yet I still feel this like, I mean, grandfather is the native, you know, he is the Mohican in my line. And I feel like a real deep connection to that part of my ancestry. And yet I have a lot of European ancestry. So I feel this inner conflict in me. And, you know, when I've gone to the reservation, like, I don't feel welcome there. I feel like I'm trespassing. There's something that feels like, ooh, I don't know if I belong here. Yet that's where my life has led me, is down this path of, of connecting with that part of my ancestry. And so, you know, I, I wonder if like part of our role is to be in that discomfort enough to acknowledge the, 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 the atrocities that have happened and work to repair whatever we can and you know really owning both sides or all sides of the histories that that are showing themselves yeah you just connected a dot i think there's a reason i brought up those two examples around the french and english because the bombings were in the separatist movement of the French wanting the English gone because of the history, because the English wanted the French gone. So it's it's kind of like these two things that I'm feeling, I'm like, they're not related. They're different areas of land, but it's the same narrative. It's the same storyline. It's like I'm, I'm called to, if we look at like a timeline, it's like I'm called to these two places to, to be there to feel it and maybe to like not have the answer, but it's in, 
I think maybe it's just me when my partner was getting upset for me to just like, how can I help? And like, that's bridging. That's the English supporting the French in that moment in which the English was was harming the French. We're not meant to do it all, but we're, we're certainly, it seems, called to where we can be of service. Yeah. And I never thought of it from the lens of bloodline. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a whole new layer, and it's, but it seems like the most natural, like, of course. You yeah. Know, of course. And it's like the most immediate. It's like it's right there. It's right in the person that you're with. The histories travel through us. Just, you know, the traumas travel through us. The gifts travel through us. And so, yeah, we all are, we're almost like all these walking histories. To be able to be present, to be able to feel what you feel in a place or with a person and to be able to be present to that and not rushed to fix or solve or make it better, but to just hang with the complexity of what the feelings are and what the histories are. That, that's pr- pretty profound. And I think healing in ways that we can't even probably tell. Mm-hmm. yeah what would you recommend I don't know if I asked this with my, my I may have already asked this but someone who they're listening to this conversation and they're like ancestors yeah I never thought about that or I never but like this call to knowing my ancestors what would you recommend like where did someone start with that yeah that's a great question I'm actually putting together, and I don't have it together yet, but my goal and intention is to put together an online course to, to it's like really basically lays a foundation for that very question. Mm-hmm. Because in conjunction with building relationship with the land, because I, I think it's like so foundational and, and so important and, and sometimes feels unapproachable. You know, it feels overwhelming. It's like, whoa, where do I start? And I think I've toyed around with a couple of different things. And there's a couple of things I would say in response to it. I almost like to invite people to kind of like titrate or toggle back and forth between these two things. Mm -hmm. One is to see what you can find out without getting overwhelmed. Like getting overwhelmed isn't helpful. So keeping it in an approachable way, but see what you can find out about your history and start to fill out the seven generations back if you can and just see what you know, see what your parents know. You probably know the names of your parents um, and you might know the names of your grandparents and see if you can go farther back and just find out their names and where they were born, where they're from. For a lot of people in this society at this time, I think it's important to start to identify like, well, when did most, most people are immigrants. So when did they immigrate and where from? And I think that can be a really important place to get to if you can. That part of learning our recent ancestors can be really overwhelming. And honestly, our recent ancestors are oftentimes the ones who really do have a lot of unresolved stuff and can be 
wounded, you know, and we can have a lot of activation when we're going through that because maybe grandpa was really abusive or maybe grandmother was an alcoholic or whatever. Like there can be a lot of stories that we already know. And so it can be really activating. So I kind of like to say, you know, I know what you can, but tread lightly. And really with the goal of, of trying to identify when did people come and where from. And then I would suggest really looking broader, like zoom way out and look broader at those cultures. So for example, I know that there's a part of my ancestry that is Mohican. Beyond that, it's all European. And so what are the cultures there? I know that there's Irish. I know that there's Italian. I know that there's Norwegian. And so we kind of get the broad sense of like, okay, these are the places. Now let's go even farther back. Can I find the indigenous roots of where I come from? Were the Irish, you know, and, and you follow that back and you're like, okay, they were Celtic. Oh, they were Druids. What did they believe? You know, what did they, what did, what was their language? What songs did they sing? What food did they like? And I think that's the place where we can get to a really rich place of getting into relationship with where we come from, rather than getting into the weeds of the traumas that are really close. And that's important to deal with, but I think it can be really resourceful and helpful to go farther back. I I had a question just I wanted to put the answer on the podcast. You said going back seven generations. Is there a reason for that or is that yeah I guess for me that is a teaching that has come down from the Lakota people and that and probably other native tribes as well I'm imagining but that is something I was taught from some elders that we really honor and try to take care of the seven generations mm-hmm. you know and some some folks think of that as seven generations backwards And some folks think of that as I am here and there's three generations backwards and three generations forward. Mm -hmm. And so how do we take care of and remember and acknowledge all of those? We're talking earlier, going back, what foods did they eat? And it kind of got me thinking of, oh, like, do you share a meal with them? Like, how do you invite them then once you know you know, I go back the Scottish roots and the Celtic and I invite, how, how, what does that look like? Yes, I love that. I love that. And I think that's where this can be so rich to build these relationships in this way. Mm-hmm. Find something that really brings you alive. So, right, if it's you're connecting with your Scottish roots, you know, you might look at like, yeah, what food do they like? And what I like to do, I mean, this is just me, but I have an altar here that I create, an ancestor altar, and I love to light a candle and put out some food, put out their favorite foods, and just say, it doesn't have to be anything ornate or complex, but to just say, hey, you know, I remember you, I'm grateful for you, and please feast at my hearth tonight, you know, enjoy this. It's tending that, tending our roots, tending that relationship, and and it really can bring you so much joy to 
like I have found that when I connect with the foods and particularly the songs of the places where my people are from, I there's something comes alive in me. It's like, oh, oh, that God, finally, that feels so good to reconnect with that. Like I've been missing it for centuries, you know, they're real, you know, they're real entities. And so how do I, how can I remember that? How can I feed them literally? Yeah. Which it feels like then it's feeding you because if you're sharing that DNA, you're sharing the lineage, is it not yeah. like such a profound means of self-care and like self-nourishment? A hundred percent. And beyond that, feeding your descendants to come, yeah. which is where it gets really trippy, but time is not linear. And what we do to tend the past, we do to tend the future. What we heal in the past heals the future. Stuff is not linear. I've been having this idea lately that I am a memory. Mm. And it puts things in perspective. It's like, right, this goes on. And I have a finite amount of time to do something to create a ripple that's create something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I kept you way longer than expected. (laughs) it's a really juicy conversation thank you so much so where can people if they're listening they're like i really resonate with this work where can they find you yeah you can find me at oldwayswisdom.com and you always you know i really love to be in contact and create relationships so i love when people reach out and you know have a question or had something come up or or just curious about something. And so you can always reach me at Mandy at oldwayswisdom.com too. I'll put those in the show notes too. And you mentioned that you are thinking of putting something out. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I have. um, I'm excited for this. There's a, a workshop I've done in the past in person that I've called intuitive by nature. And in the past, I've taken people out into nature to guide them through specific exercises that help awaken and unclog that vessel of intuition and specifically the way that we can engage with nature to do that. But I've had some requests to make that a little more accessible. So I'm trying for the first time to put that online and I think it's going to be really cool. So still be guiding people through the same exercises, inviting them to go out and come back and then work work it out as a group and share about it so i don't have a specific date yet but you can find that information at the website too and through my um events that are coming up i love that i love that so good i mean you really inspired me i'll probably end the recording but you really inspired me to make a meal for my ancestors it's like yeah (laughs) that's amazing so you've got me Really thinking, and I, yeah, I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Mandy, all I can say is I just felt so comforted in her energy. Like when we were having the conversation, we actually talked a lot longer than the recording is, and the recording is long. She just felt like a, an old friend. I'm definitely going to create an altar for my ancestors, my Scottish ancestors, and really start to build out that relationship. I've been doing a little bit here and there, but I want to make it more of an intentional practice 
to really connect with them, especially around my work, my work as a woman and, and connecting to more of that. I guess you could say feminine line, but maternal line. If you want to learn more about Mandy, you can find her work at oldwayswisdom.com. She's also over on Instagram. All of it will be linked below. If you're someone who's really enjoying these episodes, these interview episodes, there's another one coming soon. It's with Mary from Share Your Magic. Mary is a graphic designer and we get into all the things about branding and like creating a personal brand as well as creating a website, the things like the big do's, the don'ts. So that's another really great episode. Once again, if you are in the process of creating your offer, whether you're just starting out so you have an idea or you have many ideas or you're further along the path, ready to to get it out in the world, but maybe stopping yourself or even deeper, you've put it out in the world, you're generating a couple of sales and you're wanting to enter into more communities and build out and be seen even more for what you do. I am doing a ton in my email can join my newsletter it's all free the resources are all free and I just really hope that what we've been creating deeply deeply serves you so with all of that I hope you have the most beautiful day and we will talk soon